Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Richard Lackey. Richard Lackey is the co-founder, CEO, and chairman of the World Food Bank. A serial entrepreneur, Lackey's unique background includes several years in emergency medical response and medical missions, and almost three decades as an active trader and fund manager. He held eight different security licenses spanning equity options and futures markets and served as the managing director for five private funds. Richard Lackey regularly consults for startup companies needing innovative solutions, marketing direction, or board leadership, and has appeared as an expert in the field of magazines, radio, and television. Lackey has also authored three books on technical analysis and investment management and is a co-developer of the market prediction software Flow. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You bet. This is exciting. I appreciate you making the time. I know uh, we're just a time zone away, but sometimes it is difficult as I traverse the globe doing podcasts nearly every day. But uh, excited to have you on and hear your story and what you're doing for the world. Richard, we're going to jump right into the questions here. Talk about your background, your career in technology, investment management. You're a serial entrepreneur and now the chairman of the World Food Bank. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Yeah, thank you. I, I guess it starts with just always being a learner. I've always wanted to learn new things, uh, experience new things. And my parents were a great example of that. My mother was a teacher and a professor for four decades. And uh, they encouraged us. My mother and father both encouraged us to seek out new things and try new things. And I found that more that I served other people, the more I learned. And, and I began to understand what drives people to think the way that they do. You know, the associated trends and themes that arise from people's responses to the challenges of the world are, are kind of what drive culture. And like many folks, I've, I've been inspired by people who boil the concepts and the scientific theories and the systems and such down to really some basic truths to the point that I can't really argue with them. And perhaps I, I arrive at different conclusions than many people probably most, is, is there's very little that I can't question. I've always been one of those that questioned everything that I saw or heard. And uh, so I continue to inquire further and further. And, and I believe the devil's in the details. But uh, my experience is that as more data is pushed into the world, most people accept more of what they see and hear, partly because they don't have the time to filter it and apply critical thinking. And so far less of that is actually gone through and filtered the way it was perhaps 10, 20, or 50 years ago. The most fun for me in creating new businesses is understanding the ecosystems in such a way that I can identify inefficiencies and the inefficiency or the arbitrage as it is for me, that's really my background, is the opportunity. Thank you for sharing that. And I do appreciate you know your uh, the way you walk through and step the fact that we, we are kind of spoon fed things today and in some ways it makes our job or our life a lot easier. But I think people still need to go back to that critical thinking because people are actually digesting as they hear information firsthand. And a lot of times, regardless of where you get your your data or your news, it's it's not always right. So I'm glad you shared that sentiment there. Switching gears here, Richard. Tell us how you leverage technologies in extended shelf life commodity storage to resolve some of the world's greatest challenges in food safety, food security, resiliency, et cetera. To many folks, it may sound kind of boring. And, and quite frankly, to me, originally it did as well. But when you realize how profound it really is and how it's changing the world, 
it's kind of interesting to me and hopefully to other folks, but we, we found essentially a fairly simple technology that allows us to store dried grains and pulses and, and even fruits and vegetables for 15 or 20 years or longer. So if you can imagine what now goes bad in weeks and in some cases grains and pulses that we can store for months or maybe a year or two that we're now able to keep fresh for 15 or 20 years is pretty amazing. When we take completed meals, now pasta primavera, chicken cacciatore, that kind of thing, or upcycled food, taking the things that are going to go bad the next couple of days, or they have scars or scratches on them from grocers or from farmers. And we are able to put those into these special drying and storage processes at a very low cost. We can create meals that meet regionally specific tastes and preferences for those areas and have them ready for deployment most anywhere in the world. So people in the South eat Southern food and cheese grits and people in the North, they don't like cheese grits. So they get something different. So whether it's for disaster response or, or it's just having food available for when prices go up because of short supplies, we produce energy bars, for example, and meal replacement bars that because we're able to take the time in advance, we make them so that they taste great. And since they're made with foods at the peak of ripeness, they're super nutritious and they don't have any artificial ingredients or preservatives. And they're, they're perfect for students, for athletes. And because we do it in advance and we buy them as upcycled or extras or number twos, the price is very low. So now we're helping the people that need the most nutrition at prices that they can really afford and push them into systems like the USDA school feeding programs and save them and not really necessarily save them tens of millions of dollars as much as allowing them to feed better food to millions more kids than they feed now for the same amount of money. And uh, that's what drives us. That's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, a lot of parts of the world, uh, even in the U.S., there's uh, some food shortages or a lot of food that goes to waste. So I appreciate you sharing what you're doing to Again, as we all say, right, it's maybe a little cliche, but we're trying to make the world a better place. Richard, switching gears a little bit, we talked a little bit about how Utech is extending shelf life, but are, is there anything specific you can talk about, about around types of technologies you're leveraging in your business or your tech stack today? Anything non-proprietary? Certainly. You know, technology, because there's so many new markets emerging and so many new technologies emerging, we find that the tech stack that we have is actually growing we're really big on ecosystem thinking. And so we typically leverage technologies wherever we can. In Africa, toward our goal of getting small farmers to grow more and better food, we use a farm makeover TV show, kind of like the home makeover TV shows that we have here on HGTV, but we reach 12 million people every week. And we won awards from the Rockefeller Foundation, the Gates Foundation, and the USAID, and uh, half a dozen others. And this program has had incredible results and extraordinarily cost-effective. We reach people with education on a weekly basis that helps them build knowledge and practices, and they see the results. And, uh, and now we're building a Web3 platform to allow others to create content where they will earn 75 or 80% of the revenue from the platform by sharing their areas of expertise that are geographic or, or specific to agriculture or maybe other supporting things that can be welding or water retention programs or what have you. But this platform is part of a super app that links farmers together in kind of an Uber type function, connecting them to buyers at market, input providers, even uh, ways that they can get educational certificates through blockchain supported payment systems. And they can even sell their commodities in part for what we call digital warehouse receipts, but are really 
asset-backed tokens backed by the commodities that they sell. And then they can hold that token when they sell at harvest, when the prices are lowest. And if they have a little bit extra, they can hold it until the middle of the rainy season or the dry season when prices are highest, and then convert that token at a higher value. So it's, it's a stack of those many different technologies that are allowing us to reach more people in a systematic way where we're giving them access to inputs, financing, markets, and everything, all from a super app type model that literally 10 years ago, we would never even have thought of. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And you're right. The last five years, uh, especially during the pandemic, we've seen just incredible leapfrogs of the technology being used. And so I appreciate you sharing and delving a little bit into that especially the blockchain aspect of it, which, by the way, our platform is built on blockchain Web3. So it's 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 exciting time, I think, for, for us to be living in. So again, Richard, thank you. And Richard, last question. Could you share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career in leadership or entrepreneurship? Sure. I, I, you know, things change as you as you age, I guess. But I, I would say that young folks, especially if you're looking to do something cool and make some money in just a few years and get some experience under your hat, uh, solve a simple problem with a product. Find a product that you know solves a, an issue that you see every day. If you want to make a difference in how things are done, look at building a platform. And once you're at the point where you're able to be patient and do something bigger and you want to change the world, consider ecosystems. Thank you. That's a great share. And I really, really do appreciate that. You kind of split that out in which answered my question, but also will help our audience understand, you know, your insights or your gems. So thank you so much. And I just want to let you know, Richard, it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm, I was honored, honored to be here. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye.